0: Chapter 5 of Helen Lester. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J.L. Helen Lester by Pansy. Chapter 5 An Unhappy Day. Dear, said Helen, starting up suddenly from her writing and nearly upsetting the inkstand. What is the use of making such a racket? Fred, do stop, she added, opening the door and calling to her brother. I shall not be ready one bit the sooner for all that screaming. Well, I guess, Miss Han, you had better be ready in double-quick time if you want me to wait for you. I don't believe you're trying to hurry. It's not your concern if I'm not, Helen answered shortly, and she sat down again to her writing. Ten minutes more, and the chambermaid knocked. Miss Helen, your mamma says you're not to keep Master Fred waiting another minute. If you do, he'll be late to school. <sighs> oh, that tiresome boy, said Helen, laying aside her writing very slowly. There's plenty of time. But she knew she must obey her mother, and in a few minutes she came downstairs. Fred, she said, if you're in such a flurry, I don't see why you didn't ride on and leave John to go with me. So I should have with pleasure, if papa hadn't told me I must wait for you. I don't like such crapped companions by any means. Late at school? Helen had not been late since that morning three weeks ago, in which you first became acquainted with her. But this morning she had to stand in the hall while Miss Harold opened school. And Louise's whisper, That's too bad. I shall have to answer tardy again, so near the close of the term, too, didn't help her to feel better satisfied with herself. What was Helen writing? She couldn't even let it alone during the reading lesson, but scribbled on a bit of paper until Mrs. Harold saw her and said, "'One thing at a time, Helen. Only half an hour between reading and arithmetic. Generally, this did not trouble Helen, for her arithmetic lesson was prepared at home in the morning. But today, she had not looked at it. She studied very hard, but half an hour was not enough time to spend on five difficult examples. So she failed, for the first time in two weeks. Then French followed, in a very few minutes.' the half-hour which ought to have been given to that had been taken up with arithmetic so she just read the lesson over and over despairingly not trying to learn any of it ten minutes more and they were seated before monsieur rousseau when a knock was heard at the door helen looked up eagerly if someone should only come and want mr rousseau and he would excuse the class then she would not be disgraced and would have time to look over her history lesson but no such thing happened and said Who should walk in the open door but her brother Cleveland? He, of all persons in the world, would hear her failure. What should she do? She fidgeted and turned red and made motions to Laura Selby to change seats with her, so that the second roll would not come to her, but Laura only shook her head. So the second roll, the very longest and hardest one in the lesson, came to Helen, and, of course, she could not recite it. "'Twas of no use to cough and stammer. She had to sit down and listen." while Laura Selby rattled off the rule as if it were the easiest thing in the world. Not a single question in all that lesson came to Helen that she could answer, and so while her brother sat quietly on the stage and asked questions of the class and told them stories, his sister was having hard work to keep back the hot angry tears. Recess came immediately after this class, and Louise ran over to her brother, eager to introduce him to her dear friend Clara Gray. But Helen turned her head the other way when she passed him and went into the large schoolroom "I hope you are satisfied Laura Selby" she exclaimed as soon as she was quite out of her brother's hearing "I really hope you enjoyed saying that rule when I ask a favor of you again I think you'll know it I suppose that was the only rule in the lesson you knew so you wanted to say it some people always learn the hardest to show how smart they are" How silly Helen returned Laura when you know I always have my lessons and you know Mr. Rousseau has strictly forbidden us to change our seats. You forgot all about that yesterday when you coaxed Louise to come and sit by you, I suppose. That was because I had forgotten my book and Mr. Rousseau gave me permission. So now, can't you think of something else to say about what is none of your business? I have a great mind to tell Mrs. Harold all about it. Do, said Helen. I would be a telltale. I'll never speak to you again. I know that. And she turned scornfully away oh helen helen have you forgotten all your good resolutions have you forgotten all about jesus poor girl her trials multiplied and her ill temper increased so that by the time school was dismissed she had offended half the scholars besides having to report five when the roll was called that was a very low report indeed she was not in the least glad to find that it was cleveland instead of john who was waiting to ride home with them He was talking to Miss Abbott, the painting teacher, when she came out. He helped her to a seat on her pony's back. Louise was already mounted and was making her pony go through with several pretty capers for the amusement of the girls. Helen was about to gallop off, as she often did from John, when her brother said, "'Wait a moment, girls,' and continued his conversation with Miss Abbott. Helen frowned and wheeled her horse, impatiently, away from the girls. "'Why don't you go on, if you're in such a desperate hurry?' asked Clary Gray, laughing. Cleveland won't let her,' said Louise innocently. The girls laughed, and Laura Selby said, "'It is good she has somebody to manage her.'" Helen's eyes flashed. Every word they uttered made her more and more angry. At last, Cleveland bade Miss Abbott good afternoon and mounted his horse, which he had no sooner done than Helen was off like the wind. Louise and her brother rode fast, too. She could hear them talking and laughing behind her, but she neither turned her head nor spoke, but kept steadily on her way, and when she reached home, went directly to her room. Oh, said Louise, coming in a moment after, I've had such a great ride. Isn't Cleveland splendid? Humph," said Helen. Mama, said the same little girl soon after dinner, may I be excused from practicing today? Excuse two days in succession, daughter? What is that for? I don't want to practice, said Helen, her cheek flushing. A very good reason, really. No, my dear, I can't excuse you. Helen went angrily to the music room. Her sister was at the piano. Cornelia, she said, get up. I want to practice. Well, said Cornelia, could you wait five minutes or couldn't you? No, I can't. Mama said I was to practice and I'm going to. Mama didn't send you to order your sister around, did she, little Miss Lofty? Cornelia, I'll go right and tell Mama that you're calling me names. You're just as hateful to me as you can be. And Nellie sounded from the library in Cleveland's voice. Helen stopped short in the midst of her angry sentence. Now what will you do? asked Cornelia. Cleveland has found that his demure pet is a regular little tiger. Cleveland spoke again, in a quiet but very firm tone. Nellie, come here. Helen moved slowly toward the library. Her brother lay on the sofa reading. He looked up as she appeared at the door and motioned the disgraced little girl to a seat on the ottoman beside him. She came very slowly indeed and sat down. Then he went on with his reading and said not a word to her. Cornelia played, and he read, and Helen sat with folded hands and thought. A half hour passed, and then Cornelia came to the door. There, Cleveland, I've vacated the piano. You can let your torpedo come now, if you wish. Cleveland said thank you, quietly, but not a word did he speak to Helen. How she wished he would say something, no matter what. Another half hour passed. What an hour that last one had been to her. It was the first time she had stopped to think during the day, and she had a great many sad things to think of. By and by all the anger died out of her heart, and she began to see how very, very wicked she had been. One by one the tears rolled slowly down her cheeks. mrs Lester came to the door soon after. "Why, Helen, why are you not practicing?" she asked. "All my fault, mother; I detained her," answered Cleveland oh cleveland you will spoil all the children Well, can she go now yes and helen carried her sore little heart to the piano two or three hours later her practicing all done she stood by the window in the drawing-room with a very sad face it was thursday evening she remembered it with a start of pain before the door stood cleveland's carriage he was going to prayer-meeting but he would not take her no indeed and she put up her hand and hastily wiped away some tears before Louise should see them. Cleveland opened the door and looked in. Well, Nellie, are you ready? he asked. Helen turned a burning face toward him. I think Helen had better go to meeting tonight by all means to get rid of her ill humor, said Cornelia mischievously. Helen flashed her eyes that way. She was just going to speak. Then, suddenly, she looked back at Cleveland and met his grave, steady eye. Can you get ready directly? he asked, and for answer she darted from the room. "'What a temper that child has,' said Cornelia, looking after her. "'I wish she would overcome it.' "'Can you not help her?' asked her brother, kindly, but very earnestly. "'I?' in great surprise. She was still a moment, then added, "'Cleveland, what a queer boy you are, not a bit as you used to be.' He bent down and said to her in a low tone, "'God has helped me to know myself and to struggle against myself.' And he went to meet Helen at the door. He talked to her kindly all the way to the city, but he did not try to force her to talk. She was too much excited yet. He felt very sorry for his little sister. He thought he understood all about her troubles. She had not been prepared with her lesson, and he had chosen an unfortunate day to make a visit that he thought would give her pleasure. She had grown angry with herself and with everybody after that. He knew how easy it is for people to get into the wrong road and how hard it is for them to get back again now he knew she was thinking that she could never have been a christian or she would not have been so wicked that jesus did not love her she could not pray to him any more he wanted to give her time to think so it was not until the meeting was over and she was nestled in his arms while the horses bore them swiftly toward home that he said nelly why did you look so startled when i came for you to go to meeting tonight?" because said helen speaking in a very low tone I thought I had been such a very naughty girl that you would not take me to meeting. My dear little sister, did you think that was a good reason for not going to prayer meeting? If ever you need to pray, it is when you have been doing wrong and feel the need of Jesus's forgiveness. Never think, Nellie, that because you have sinned you must not pray. If you do anything that displeases Mamma, the very next right thing to do is to ask her to forgive you. And Jesus loves you more and is more willing to forgive you than Mama could be. But am I not to have a history of this unfortunate day? Let me see. How came you to get into trouble with Cornelia? I was cross before that and I just kept on. I didn't want to practice and Mama said I must. Why didn't you want to practice? i I didn't want to see you. I thought you would be in the music room. And you didn't want to see me because... I was afraid you would ask me why I didn't have my lesson. Well, I'll ask it now. Did I frighten it all away from you by appearing so suddenly? No, said Helen slowly. I hadn't time to get it. Because, she added after a pause, I studied my arithmetic lesson when I ought to have been studying French. When do you study your arithmetic lesson generally? In the morning. And this morning? I wrote... Helen's voice was growing lower and lower all the while. "'Wrote what, Nelly? "'In my composition.' "'Your prize composition?' "'Yes, sir.' "'The one that Mrs. Harold told you you must write only after all lessons were prepared?' "'Yes, sir.' And Helen waited, tremblingly, to see what he could say to her for being so wicked. He said nothing at all for some minutes. Then he asked, in a low, grave tone, "'Isn't there something back of all this, Nellie?' Did you read in your Bible and then kneel down and pray this morning? Silence for a few moments, then a low, No, sir, followed by a burst of tears. My dear little girl, you have tried all day to take care of yourself. Can you do it? Helen's only answer was the fast-falling tears. If you cannot, he added solemnly, then never try again. Never live another whole day without asking Jesus to help you, to watch over you every moment, to forgive you when you sin. I'm not surprised at the history of this sad day. Poor little sister, how could it have been different when you forget to pray? Will Jesus ever love me again, Cleveland, when I have displeased him so? Do you think you displeased me today, dear Nellie? I know I did, said Helen, her lip quivering again. Do you think I love you now? I Yes, I'm sure you do. And can I love you more or forgive you more than Jesus can Helen made no answer to this, and after a moment he asked, "'Do you think God loves you because you are good?' "'Oh, Cleveland, no!' "'Then why does he then?' "'For Jesus' sake,' she said softly. "'Then can he not love you, even when you are sinful, if you try to love him and ask him to forgive you for Jesus' sake? My little sister must not make this mistake. Do not think you can grow very good in one day and have nothing left to do.' you must learn to pray every hour in the day lead me not into temptation they were at home by this time and cleveland as he left her in the hall said i will come up in a few minutes if you want me helen understood him very often nowadays he knelt beside her in his own room and asked god to take care of her cleveland said helen the next morning as she stood on the steps ready for school i think i'll give up the prize composition altogether wouldn't you "'Why? Because it has set you wrong once?' "'Yes,' she said soberly. "'I don't think I would. I think I would conquer it and let it not conquer me.' Helen lingered and played with his watch-chain. "'By and by,' she said, "'do you think it would be right to use that which I wrote at a time when I ought not to?' "'Do you think it would, Nellie?' "'No, sir.' "'Nor do I,' he answered, smiling. "'Have you a verse for this morning?' This was asked as he helped her into the saddle." Not yet. I'm going to learn one when I get to school. Let me give you one, and you can learn it on the way. And he handed her a little card. Helen's cheeks grew red when she read the words, He that is slow to anger is greater than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. Two hard things the little girl had to do that day. Very hard indeed they were. But she knew it was right. So at recess she looked all over the yard for Laura Selby. And when she spied her under the great elm tree in the corner, she walked straight over there and said, "'Laura, I've come to ask you to forgive me for all the wicked things I said to you yesterday. You were right, and I was wrong.' "'Why, Helen,' said Laura, "'how very queer of you. I forgive you, of course. I was ugly, too. But, Nell, it isn't like you a bit to say this to me. Just tell me how you came to do it.' "'Because,' said Helen softly, "'I'm trying to do right, for Jesus' sake.' The first thing she did, after she reached home, was to go in search of Cornelia. She found her in the music room. Cornelia, she said, I'm very sorry I was so rude to you yesterday. Will you forgive me? Cornelia stopped playing and turned round on her stool and looked at her sister. Will you? said Helen tremulously. Why, yes, Helen, of course. You needn't have cried about that. Fred was on the piazza and stopped his whistling long enough to hear all this. My senses, said he, what has come over that girl? To think of her asking Cornelia's pardon. Phew! End of chapter 5